All right, so I just wanted to, well, first off, say hey. Um, I am super excited with how successful this podcast seems to be as far as how many listeners there are. It makes me so happy, makes me feel like I am on the right track for what I was doing. One thing I do, well, not one thing, because it's going to be a little bit of a multiple variety of things, is I would, well, first off, I would love if people could email me. Um, go to my website, www.daniellecrosby.com. I will put it in the description and make sure that you go to the contact me and let me know what you guys would like me to talk about. So today I would like to discuss some myths. I always say it funny, myths (laughs) and facts about domestic violence. Clearly we already know that the biggest myth is that it's only physical. I've gone over how it can be verbal, emotional, obviously physical, sexual, spiritual, economic. There are a multitude, um, varieties of domestic violence that there is. Another thing is that most people think it occurs only in lower class, maybe immigrants, minority communities, um, people that, you know, have alcohol or substance abuse, unemployment, stress like that. But the realistic side of that is that Domestic violence is the one thing in society that doesn't discriminate. It can happen to anyone, any class of people. Um, It can happen whether there's substance or alcohol abuse or not. It can happen when there's not unemployment issues. It can happen in higher class, things like that. One big difference is that usually with specifically um, shelters, you see a lot of people that are kind of in the lower income class, minority. They usually do have substance abuse problems sometimes. Um, or alcohol problems, but it's because typically, and I can't say all the time, but typically if you, you know, are on the higher income level in the, you know, community or in your, um, financial class, we'll say that you usually keep it under wraps a little bit more, um, or they tend to have other ways to get out. You know, they have other resources, um, they may have means of going to like a different home if there's multiple homes, things like that. Uh, so don't ever think that it doesn't happen to higher class people. It's just that they obviously are better at being able to hide it. They want to hide it sometimes more than lower class simply because what would everybody think? And it could really destroy everything that they've worked for. Now, I would hope by now that by listening to my podcast, you would know that it's not easy to leave an abusive relationship. That's a really big myth. The real fact is that when people attempt to leave that relationship, there's actually the increased risk to the survivor's safety. So what this means is that when somebody tries to leave, the abuser feels like they are finally losing all of that control that they've worked so hard and so long to obtain that they are going to do everything they can possibly in their power to get that power back. Um, so that's usually where um, the abuser may actually threaten to kill themselves. They may try to kill themselves, but typically, and again, typically, not all the time, but typically, it's when the abuser finally follows through with those threats to um, kill the victim. Um, I know that not many of you know my backstory, but when I was in a shelter, um, there was two different girls at two different places that I knew that they ended up dead because they finally tried to leave. Um, that increased risk to their safety in their life is more so when they're trying to leave the relationship than when they're just staying in it and being submissive and basically just handling everything that they're dealt with. 
one huge myth that most people don't take into consideration is they usually hear that children are not affected by their parents' abusive relationship. This could be because they say they haven't been physically assaulted, all they hear is yelling, or the parents are good at hiding it. But I can tell you right now, all that is false. The real truth of it is that witnessing domestic violence can actually cause emotional and behavioral issues for children, which that is more common than anything. Um, a child, I mean, for example, my middle child, um, he has, um, he is in trauma count or I'm sorry, child abuse, trauma counseling. Uh, he went through a lot when he was little with my abuser and the fact that I had stayed even after one of the biggest events happened. Um, but I stayed because of threats and, you know, the possibility of him taking the kids away from me, you know, by force. Um, he witnessed a lot of the things and for him he still has triggers so he's six going on seven and he has these triggers that he doesn't even understand as to why he has them they could be a smell of a certain food or you know somebody talking to him like in his one ear like speaking too loud or things like that and he just becomes really angry those are side effects from witnessing the abuse not even just enduring it but witnessing the abuse that still happened between myself and our abuser and it again it could have been even just you know, them hearing us, you know, hearing yelling between us or, um, when they would walk in and he would have me pinned by my throat, um, different things like that. So unfortunately people think that children are not traumatized by this, but whether they hear it or see it, they are completely traumatized. To piggyback off of, um, about how that is when a victim is attempting to leave the situation, that's when it becomes more volatile for them and a higher risk. Um, one myth that you also hear is that victims of domestic violence never actually leave their abuser. Now that is false. Um, clearly, you have people that leave and then they do unfortunately end up deceased because of their abuser. Um, but when somebody is able to leave, I mean, they do leave. Uh, you know, it could be them going to a shelter and a lot of times it takes seven to nine times for a woman to leave and not go back. So eventually they do leave, um, but not all of them. Um, a lot of times they can end up, you know, living with their abuser for the rest of their life or leaving in a body bag. One thing that gets me is that you hear a lot, um, I had seen this quote and this victim had said, my partner doesn't hit me. We just argue. Sometimes he throws things, but it's not abusive. Um, that is abusive. <laughs> um, and I laugh because I laugh whenever I feel uncomfortable. So just start, that is like not okay. Um, that is abuse. Uh, abuse obviously isn't just always the violence part. It could be the intimidating behavior, aggression. Um, that is still abuse. I have had girls that come to me and say that, you know, he has his hands around my throat, um, but he's just choking me. Like I don't completely black out. Unfortunately, that is still abuse, and I would hope that people would know that and recognize that, but sometimes they don't, and that's okay. Um, but when somebody is choking you, unfortunately, they're not just choking you. They are actually strangling you, so they are trying to kill you. So yes, that is abuse. I do want to say, though, that a lot of times um, a myth is just the way that they feel, um, that a victim feels. So um, that could be where they say, you know, if I change, it'll change. It's not about your behavior. The abuse isn't. It's about the abuser's behavior. And you cannot fix that. You cannot fix them. That is something that they need to work on on themselves. Um, some people do think there is no way out again, but there is. Um, you just have to be able to find that help. So call your local shelters. Um, call 911. You know, find time to get away, to go to a shelter, things like that. Um, 
there are resources out there for you if you have reached the point to where you are willing to get away. I say willing, but I don't mean willing as in, you know, a bad way. Um, sometimes I do get tongue twisted. <laughs> um, when I say willing, I mean that you have finally reached that point to where it's time for you to leave. Um, for some people, that could be the first hit. Some people, it could be the millionth hit. Um, you know, it just kind of depends. But regardless, nobody should ever be abused. And you should always, always, hopefully have resources around you to be able to leave. I feel like there's not many myths myths <laughs> and facts that I'm going to go over today just because it is exhausting going over them. Um, and I have had a lot of flashbacks, flashbacks lately. So that's why I kind of have been a little bit, you know, distant on my podcasts. Um, but one last final thing I want to go over is that from the National Coalition Against Domestic Violence, um, they said that there were seven gun-related domestic violence fatalities this year. Um, so far, there's 10 million people a year that are physically abused by an intimate partner. 20,000 calls are placed a day to domestic violence hotlines, and 20% of the women in the United States have been raped. Sorry, I just had to take like a second to step back. It is so horrible, and I don't... I know that I do so much work to try to raise awareness, but I truly believe in my soul, which is terrifying, utterly terrifying, that the the violence of men against women is not going to change. Um, I think that the whole world would have to restart for that to happen. Um, because I don't feel like there is enough accountability. Again, I can go to court and I can see a gentleman with 20 assault and batteries. And honestly, I'm not exaggerating either. Um, those 20 assault and batteries were originally 20 domestic violence charges and yet they get pled down to assault and battery or, you know, uh, now I can't think of my other word, but it's just horrifying because on the third domestic violence charge, they're supposed to go to prison. So these guys are taught that they can have 20 domestic violence charges against maybe about 10, 12 different women or just one woman. And it's okay because they just get to plead down and they don't have to actually take responsibility for it because they're going to get an assault and battery. They're going to do a couple days in jail and nothing is going to actually happen to them. It's exhausting to see the lack of accountability that is done in domestic violence situations. And the worst part is that I then see women who, you know, they get charged with domestic violence because they did. They took a knife and they finally went after, and don't like my term, you can get off. They went after the bastard and they, you know, tried to attack him back for everything he's done to them. But yet he calls the cops. He you know, figures out a way to make it all her fault because she stood up for herself. And now she's the one that's going to prison or actually getting charged with domestic violence. It is horrifying. And I don't see how it's okay, but I also don't see how it's ever going to change because we need a whole new court system to even get there to even make people realize. Or you need new prosecuting attorneys or new you know, lawyers or things like that that are going to not just keep making all these deals and actually hold people accountable or people in the system that, you know, are supposed to be helping these, you know, women instead of, you know, just brushing it off and being annoyed that they call and actually, you know, take the time to listen to these women and realize that the reason why they may come across as, for lack of a better term, crazy is because that they've been made to feel that way. Um, you know, they don't know what to do with their life. They don't know how to handle things. And yet they get downed in the system as well as by their abuser. And it's like being re-victimized all over and deal with their abuser again. And it's just horrifying. 
Um, I'm going to stop that right before I keep going. <laughs> um, I just, I'm never going to be quiet. I'm going to keep pushing and pushing and pushing until something changes. But it is exhausting. And I think one positive is that I feel like so many people now are actually standing up to it that I'm hopeful that it'll change. I just feel in my deep in my soul that it's going to take more than just our generation, which is exhausting and terrifying. <laughs> um, so like I said, uh, get on my website, www.daniellecrosby.com. Go to the contact thing, send me an email or a message of what you would like me to talk about. Um, cause I know I go on for days and days and days, but I think I'm going to try to release new podcast every two to three days. So I don't burn myself out. Um, but let me know what you guys want to hear, what you guys want to talk about. If you guys disagree with things, again, it's fine. It doesn't bother me. <laughs> I've been through worse. Um, but I just really hope that I can help. So like if there's something that you guys want to hear about that might help you guys, you know, understand things a little bit better. Um, if you guys want me to read more sections of my first or second book, the third one is getting released. Um, I just officially signed the newest proof sign off this morning. Um, so that way they can start getting bound, which is really exciting. Um, again, if you guys need anything, let me know. <laughs>